When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Waves. This is our Golden Bachelor recap podcast, episode seven, The Women Strike Back. Every week, we're talking about the latest episode of the newest installment of The Bachelor franchise and 72-year-old Gary's quest for love. I'm Shayna Roth, senior producer at Slate. And I'm Laura Stasi, host of the podcast Dating While Gray. We ended last week's episode on a cliffhanger. Would Gary choose Teresa or Faith? He'd already given a rose to Leslie, but he was clearly struggling. There was a lot of tears. And we opened this episode with Gary just in utter turmoil over his decision. And then they make us wait for like (laughs) over a half hour. And this was cruel both to viewers and the women in the women tell all because I think a lot of people would be like me, which is, I'm just waiting to find out what happened. Okay. So this is what I have to say about that. At first, I was like, wait a minute, what's going on? Because they sort of promised us in the preview that the second rose would be given out at the top of the show. But I have to say, I think it worked in that I was reminded how wonderful all these women are and all of them talking about renewed hope and it Okay, pardon me. It made me all tingly. It made me realize why I was excited about The Golden Bachelor in the first place, that I was willing to suspend belief about how much reality is in this reality TV. So it was nice to be reminded of that, even though I have been skeptical that the producers are doing the viewers or the cast justice when it comes to older adult dating. Well, you are far less cynical than I am. Because to me, it it felt like just a game by the producers to make everybody wait and to heighten the tension and to heighten the anticipation, which it certainly did. But we're not going to do this here. We're not going to dig into who Gary picked. But he did give a rose to Teresa. Teresa? Teresa, will you accept this, Rose? It's all my heart. Faith, I'm so sorry. When you're ready, you can say your goodbyes. There, we said it, and we'll get into, you know, his conversation with Faith. But, I mean, this was just... Oh, Teresa. I mean, you called it. I just, he picked Teresa. I take no pleasure in being right. (laughs) Well, and Um, you could hear the audience gasp because what they did, which was really kind of fun, is they showed this and then they had a little insert with different reactions from the audience. So it was like the people at home were also watching with the audience. And they seemed shocked. When I was watching that little box, there were some audience members that were shaking their heads, that were looking visibly upset. Um, But Laura, I know you weren't shocked. I was not shocked. However, I would like to think that maybe everybody's shock 
is a slowly dawning realization that Gary is not being upfront with himself. He's not being upfront with these women. We don't know why he made the decision he made. And for all of us viewers watching, it was clear, I think, from the get-go that he had the most physical attraction with Faith. The things he said to her, the things he promised her and her family, uh, yeah, so maybe it's all, we're all like realizing, Gary, what's going on with Gary? Not that yuck, Teresa, but like, Gary... What? Right. Like, Teresa is is fine. Teresa seems like she will be totally into Gary forever and ever. But it's just that Faith is just so great. And they seem to have such a great attraction. And this feels stupid. Gary, what are you doing? And I, I'm just, I was... I was not surprised because you had tipped me off because I think you were not that you knew, but you clearly were reading the tea leaves much better than me. So I wasn't surprised, but I was also just like, oh, why are you doing this? Right. And why couldn't he have told us why he was doing this? Why could not he have said, I love you and I have decided that the distance is too much or I really don't like horses as much as you do and that sure. might be a disconnect but no we have no idea why he did what he did no no and we're going to get into it a little bit more but first let's go back to the beginning ish where the women tell us all and the women tell all episodes are different from a standard reunion because you know the show isn't over yet nobody's saying who the final pick is the idea is usually more about getting behind the scenes insight using some unaired footage which was really bad for Susan. I don't know what I ate, but what's coming out of me is deadly. Really? What did you eat today? Guacamole. Really, this is embarrassing. I don't have gas pains or anything. It's just silent killers. <laughs> All I know is I went, Susan, Susan, where are you going? And she's running out the front door and she just leaves her head in and leaves her butt outside. <laughs> I said, what are you doing? I think it is Edith's fault from her guacamole. Edith. Yes? I'm really suffering. Why? I got gas bad. Oh. <laughs> I need to know what was in that guacamole. <laughs> guacamole? That was two nights ago. It was this morning I ate it. Oh, my God. <laughs> so there's something I need to get out of the way. Really? Okay. It's really, really serious. I had the worst gas. <laughs> I stunk. I, one came out, I was like, oh my God. Is Gary causing you gas? I think it's Edith's fault because she makes good guac. <laughs> you made meatballs. Is it possible your gas no, is coming from guacamole? You don't know. I do know because no. I don't eat that all the time. But you eat meatballs? And, and I don't get gas. My money's on the meatballs. Her meatballs are delicious, but you know. I couldn't have a date tonight. I would have to cancel. <laughs> wow. It was definitely the meatballs. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean, poor Susan. The show really aired out her business. <laughs> yes. Although, there was an entire fart blooper reel. That's true. Let's not forget, it was not just Susan. You know, okay, journalist me, I actually Googled, do older people fart more than younger people? Because I couldn't figure it out. And the answer is, 
healthy adults pass gas between 10 and 25 times per day. And that maybe as we get older, we might be taking medications or gain weight or something that may lead to an increase in gas. But the bottom line is older adults do not automatically flatulate. Is that a verb? Flatulate? Yes. It is now. Yes. (laughs) I mean, is fart just such an ugly word for me to say? But it's like, so why did the producers choose that? And, And then I'm thinking... Is it because these poor women were forced to cook for themselves? What do the younger cast members do? Do they have cooks for them or? I mean, from you don't usually get a lot of food shots because they're really hard to film because you don't actually want to air people eating because the microphone picks that up. So it's always I always love the episodes where the date involves like being having some sort of meal because you never see them eating because they're not allowed to essentially. So I think in a lot, it depends. I mean, in a lot of reality shows, they have catering come in for different meals. But I think there's also the option to cook. Maybe some of the women really enjoyed cooking and wanted to. I don't know. But I also just didn't need all the farts. Yeah, I didn't either. And I also feel like if that was a change they made for the older cast, Give me an actual bed instead of having to cook for myself or other people any day of the week. So, yeah. We also had some feud check-ins. Well, just the one. Teresa wasn't on the stage at the time when Kathy was asked about Zip It Gate. But Kathy was given a chance to respond. Well, I will say there was a little bit of drama back in the mansion. And certainly we saw that, Kathy with you and Teresa. Now, I want to give you an opportunity to clear the air. I know right now, Teresa's not here. What exactly went down between you two? In the moment, we were all dating one man, and people who know me know that I'm a straight shooter. And And the biggest uh, heart in the world. Oh, thank you. And watching the show back, could I have been a little more delicate? Yes. (laughs) That's Um, not good. Absolutely, I could have. Um, Maybe we both should have zipped it. Um, but truly, it's past. It was in the moment and and it's over. And I, you know what? I think Teresa knows that too. Truly, I only wish everyone the best. I think to me, this show, yes, it's about love, but it's also so much about hope and friendship and, and, friendship and what life offers all of us. And that's what I feel. Amen. And it was very standard, very blasé. Very, we're fine now. Any thoughts? Well, I have never, again, I don't know what a normal confrontation would have looked like. Would there have been more fireworks or more? I don't know. I think in the past, they always want more fireworks. They want, you know, both of the people there squaring off and pointing fingers and doing some yelling and maybe somebody, you know, walks off stage. Okay. They were not going to get that with these women. They like each other too much. Yes. And I have to say, I love the way Susan jumped in to defend Kathy, you know, basically saying she has a big heart, even as she tells it like it is. And I do like what Kathy said about the show. It's about love, but it's also about hope and friendship and what life has to offer. So I like that those words were coming out of her mouth because I think she was sort of designed to be the catty kind of villain. And also when they did the um, sort of looking back scenes, I was reminded, oh, Kathy's a widow. And I'd completely forgotten about that. So that kind of put things in perspective for me. I also laughed at the top of the show when they were introducing her and she did the little zip it motion. That made me laugh. I think she needs to be on a commercial for, you know, zip sandwich bags. (laughs) Just zip it. 
She would be excellent at that. Yes. She would be great. You kind of hit on something that I noticed a lot of, which is that there was a lot of talk about the women being inspiring. And there was like a whole segment where it's talking about like, aren't you guys just so wonderful? And isn't it great what you're doing for, you know, all women of your age? What was your reaction to that? Is that true or is it condescending? Well, I think it's unintentionally condescending. I mean, it reminds me every time I go for a run and encounter, it's usually a woman, a younger woman coming the other way. They'll like clap for me and go, good for you. Like, oh, no. Yes. And I think they're saying, you know, you go, girl. Look at you kind of a round old lady still trying to run. Oh, God. And so, yes. And so, but I'm sure they don't think they're being condescending. I think they mean well. It sort of also reminds me of when people say, oh, you look great for your age mm. or, you know, somebody's young at heart. So I would like to think what people really mean when they say older people are so inspiring. These women are, you know, that they have gained some insight and perspective, and they're going to try to remember all that going forward. Well, especially, I have an especially hard time with calling them inspirational because, I mean, these are traditionally beautiful women. They're all able-bodied. You know, they are all fitting into very standard and traditional ideas of what a beautiful woman at any age looks like. And so saying that they're inspiring just because they're over the age of, what, 60? I mean, to me, it just feels really patronizing and not what I'm interested in. I hear that. What I'd like for everyone listening to understand from my perspective, these women are not necessarily outliers. Gary is also not an outlier. And so we're going to get people of all shapes, sizes, beauty at any age. And some of us do age a little more, uh, you know, we all age if we're if we're fortunate to age. But some of us have different timelines and some of us, you know, do more interventions, whether they're, you know, medical interventions or just health fitness interventions to try to live our best lives. So these are not outliers. And I I want to get into that a little bit, maybe later, but um, I've gotten some criticism from Dating While Gray listeners who they have no trouble talking about the women. Oh, these women. But, you know, one woman wrote me and said, you know, I'm being so mean to Gary and he's genuinely kind. And this is not like his mother or his, I don't think this is a relative of Gary's who actually knows if he's genuinely kind. And so it's like, why are we giving men the benefit of the doubt that we don't give women. Or if we're giving women the benefit of the doubt, it does become sort of a patronizing thing. Yeah. I mean, let's let's get into Gary uh, now that we've, we've brought him up, because this is something that I have been wondering is we got all of these women or a lot of them talking about how, you know, he motivated them to find someone special for themselves. Uh, you know, one of the women said, are there any more men in Indiana like you? Is Gary really that special or is he just being given too much credit for being a nice guy? I mean, to me, Gary seems like extremely vanilla and just like, okay, nice guy. Great. Cool. But like, like there's not a whole lot else going on there. Certainly not somebody who would inspire me after years and years of not dating to get back out there. Well, 
I would like to think that, like I said, I, I feel like Gary is not an outlier. I would like to think there are attractive older men out there. I feel like maybe um, what a lot of these women were trying to communicate is that this experience, being on this show, was an experience that made them realize there's a lot of life left to live. We need not give romance and you know, love a backseat to everything else we've got going on. And so if Gary served as their inspiration, that's great. I have such thought, I mean, uh, I have such thoughts about Gary in many ways. Now, again, I have not seen younger bachelors, but I've heard stories about them, how they're players and blah, blah. And, you know, maybe not the most, you know, they're in there basically for, uh, to get famous or, you know, not necessarily to find true love. I don't understand why we all think that's not Gary. Is it because he's older? Mm. I feel like Gary probably fits the mold of a typical bachelor, but just older. I think that's probably right, especially because, you know, on The Bachelorette, a lot of the male contestants tend to fit that sort of like player mold. But the actual bachelor tends to be a little bit boring, but also... <laughs> I mean, there's just been a couple of them where it's not really about The Bachelor. It's about the women. And they're the ones that really provide the energy and the excitement. But, I mean, if you're going to go on this show, you have to be someone who is willing to date multiple women. You have to be somebody who wants to have that attention from multiple women. And I think that gets kind of lost in all of this. Because in order to do that, you kind of got to be, you know, a little bit of a player, or at least willing to be one in order to maybe find love. And... I think it's true. I think Gary has been given a lot of extra credit just because he's older. Yes. Also, with the younger guys, do they explain why they're like eliminating women? Because when I say player, meaning, okay, yes, you have to date a lot of people at the same time. But when you decide that you're going to get rid of somebody, I hate, you know, let's just put it like that. But can you not explain why? I mean, you don't have to go into too much detail, but instead of just, you know, some of the things he said, it's like, oh my gosh, can he not think of something deeper or more true that sounds more you know true to who he is true to who this woman is than the way he's been quote-unquote letting down these women it really depends on the individual bachelor like some of them are just not great at explaining their feelings and i think gary is one of those who has like half a dozen uh standard responses to things that he just kind of filters through in his brain um and, and he's just not great at explaining his methodology or his emotions we also don't you know to give credit to gary we don't know what's being edited out for time and for various other reasons but also i do think that gary i think gary knows who he wants to pick and i think that there is a formula to the show that he has to follow and I think that he maybe has kept a lot of the women around longer than necessary just because they're a good time. But he doesn't really have a good reason for letting them go because he was never really that into them to begin with. Mm. Now, I don't think that follows for Faith. Right. Um, so, and maybe he just doesn't have a good reason. Maybe he's just like, in his brain, he's just like, I want that one. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, all power to him. 
if that's he is the quote unquote star of the show. Um, I would like to see audiences cheering for the women as much as they cheer for Gary, though. For him to get a standing ovation just because he walks into the room and everybody's going, Gary, Gary. I'm like, okay, come on, people. I feel like the women are there. They are, I don't know, again. I'm getting slammed in social media for being mean to Gary and being judgmental of Gary. But I feel like he's got the obligation to be in it for the right reasons as much as the women do. And if this is something that he takes so seriously, well, this it kind of reminds me of the Julia Roberts line in Pretty Woman, where Richard Gere kind of saves her character and she says oh but i rescued you right back oh yes at the very end yeah yes and i feel like gary has not he hasn't shown me anyway (laughs) this is your obligation gary to show me but he hasn't shown me that he's willing to be rescued right back it just feels all very one-sided i'm gonna rescue somebody yes yes and i think that that's probably a part of why we don't get a lot of his thoughts and reasons for letting these women go because then I think that would require him to I mean nobody wants to be told their flaws and nobody wants to be told why something's working out necessarily I think he's a little bit too worried that that might make him come across as a bad guy if he you know talks too much about why he's letting these women go maybe I don't know I don't know what's going on in Gary's head nobody knows what's going on in Gary's head and that's the problem hey Shayna when somebody breaks up with you it's been a while I was gonna say you know, you know, deep down into your junior high recesses. But um, don't you, I mean, I know why is kind of an awkward question to answer, but don't you, don't you want a little bit of something besides, you know, it's not you, it's me. Oh, sure. Yeah. You, sure you do. But it's so hard if you're the person trying to like explain why, because you're always worried about what the reaction is going to be. And then it, you know, it opens the door to even more awkward conversations and, you know, further discussion when I think when people break up with people, they just want it to be over with. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Let's go back to some of these women. We got to hear from two of them as in a sort of one-on-one, Joan and Ellen. Did you enjoy hearing from them? 
Well, you know I did. (laughs) The Joan bit I thought was really interesting because I do like what she said about feeling invisible and feeling like older women's only role is to support the next generation. While at the same time, she did understand that helping her daughter through postpartum, that's what she needed to do. And so I... I just thought that was really a mature, kind of a full circle moment. You know, she feels alive again, but at the same time, she knows that when the rubber hits the road, she needs to be with her daughter, who was going through this postpartum depression. I also thought it was really poignant when she talked about fantasizing that she'd come home one day and there would be Gary sitting on her front Mm. porch. She may still have one foot in TV entertainment world when Mm. she said that. But I did when she told him, you know, like one on one, she can, you know, she understood that he had connected with somebody and she wished him luck. Part of me was thinking she was really saying, hey, my door's still open. (laughs) I think it doesn't work out. (laughs) But also, I think Joan set herself up to be a really good pick for Golden Bachelorette. I think, you know, because she had a dramatic leaving, but it wasn't like a bad look leaving. It wasn't like she got rejected or anything like that. She's very sweet. She's clearly loves her family. She came across really well. I mean, that was a really good application video for her to go on and be the golden bachelorette if they do that. We also got to hear from Ellen, whom I love and was adorable, but oh my God, it was so sad. But unfortunately, we learned that Ellen's friend Roberta died, which is just so sad. But I did truly love seeing their friendship, the little glimpses of it that we got. It is clearly such a pure, deep representation of female love and friendship, which honestly, I got to be honest, we got a lot more of that this season than I ever thought we would, not just between Ellen and Roberta, but, but among all the women. I loved getting to see some of the unaired footage of them just being in the house Because we got to see how much they all seem to really genuinely like each other and get to know each other. Yes. Um, You know, Ellen says, we're going to watch the show together just in different places. Who was not teary-eyed over that line? But, you know, when they showed Ellen's journey with Gary and we saw him say to her, you have my attention the first time they talked, her face after they kissed with the pickleball. He told her, I'm in the same place you are when she said she was falling in love with him. No wonder she was shocked when he sent her home. And to me, that is the biggest scandal of The Golden Bachelor, is that why did he send Ellen home? He, I mean, why? <laughs> you know, I, I understand why she was shocked. I think we were all shocked. So, I don't know. I feel like she's also over it. <laughs> mm, yeah. A little bit. I mean, I'm sure the last few months or year has been incredibly emotionally draining for her. You know, she went on this reality show. She got kicked off very unexpectedly. And then her best friend in the world died. I mean, I'm sure she just can we give Ellen a vacation? Can we send her to like an island for a few weeks to just like relax and read? She's got those earrings. Yes. (laughs) Can she sell the earrings and go somewhere? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, let's dig in a little bit more to Faith and Gary's confrontation. So as we said, we learned that Gary chose Teresa and sent Faith home. The show made Faith and Gary have a little one-on-one and confront each other face-to-face. I always hate 
this part because it just, I mean, I don't, because Faith is clearly having a hard time. She's worried about her family being sad about this whole thing. And now she has to talk to this guy one-on-one. And I got, I got to say, after it's, it's been a long time, but whenever I would break up with a guy, the last thing I wanted was within a few months to have to have a face-to-face conversation with this person. I mean, what did you think of Faith having to confront Gary? Well, I, as a viewer, I got nothing out of tacking this on to the end of the tell-all show. I think the tell-all segment was strong all on its own. We could have even gotten a little bit more of that. And I think Gary should have finished out the rose ceremony last week. I don't, I don't understand why it was dragged out because yes, then it made it even more emotionally raw. I hate that Faith seems to be doubting herself, that thinking maybe the connection was all in her head. And I think, um, you know, I kept thinking, okay, fool me once, Gary, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. You know, she was talking about how she finally let her guard down and she thought what she was seeing was real. And so now she's confronted with, was it not real or, you know, was I misreading things or you know, what was, and he never really went into why he made the decision he made. I have to say, she did get a great line in there, though, when she told him, (laughs) when she told him, I would have been with you for the rest of your life. Mm. She didn't say for the rest of our lives, for the rest of my life. (laughs) No, old man, I would have been with you for the rest of I caught that too. I was like, interesting way to put that. I loved it. But did you also notice when she said, like, he starts crying because he felt bad about the family. And the point I want to make about Gary's crying is that does not mean he's emotionally available. I feel like it's almost become a, like, he's learned somehow that crying is more productive, maybe, than yelling or closing off. And that crying also triggers a comfort response into whoever he's crying to. So he's just been, Faith is feeling terrible. And now, you know, her first thought when he starts crying that he feels terrible about lying, let's put it that he lied to her family. You know, she's like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, it's okay. When it's like, no, it's not, Gary. Faith, don't let him off the hook. Make him own that. And then even at the end, when she said, I'll always love you. And he went, oh, God, not. (laughs) That's not what you want to hear. Not what you want to hear. Does he really? I mean, so then I'm thinking, well, maybe he's like sort of, you know, there were those kind of jokes. I don't know if they were true or not about how Mike Pence. Oh, yeah, yeah. Couldn't go out to dinner with anybody unless uh, any woman, unless his wife was also there. And it's like maybe Gary feels like this. I love you is so weighted that he cannot feel love for a woman who he's not going to give a rose to. You know, how hard would it have been for him to say, I'll always love you too, Faith. Thank you for this experience. I have to say, you have triggered an aha for me. If Gary (laughs) uh, picks Teresa. So Gary's crying is like the same reaction that Teresa had when she was confronted by Kathy. 
just in like a slightly different way. They make it about them and they're trying to make the other person feel bad for them. So Teresa, when Kathy was like, I don't want to hear about what's going on with you and Gary. It makes me feel bad. Teresa goes into the, oh my gosh, no, I feel terrible for having made you feel bad. And, and then she's crying and everything else. And I think it's the same thing, what Gary's doing, where it's like, I've hurt your feelings, so I'm going to cry. So that way you feel bad for me and I don't really have to take any responsibility for what's going on. I would put my money on that over, I'm so emotionally available that, you know, this is just tearing me apart inside what I've, when I lied to your family. Yeah, it's a deflection <laughs> so that you don't have to take full ownership for what you did. And Gary also did this thing where he basically tried to take back his I love you to <gasps> faith. He yes. said, I had told you I love you and I loved you in that moment but how crappy is that? I that loved feels you like in that moment. Yes. I can't believe he said that. I, ju- I mean, I really can't believe that. It was true in that moment. It's like, why couldn't he have just said, I loved, you know, I said I loved you because I felt it. I still feel it. I can still love you. And, but for you know, reasons that we don't want to get into because the show's too long. I just don't think we can, I don't, I can't see us merging our lives. Right, right. I love you, but it's not a love that would be a good relationship for the both of us. Correct. You know, like that's, that I think might be too mature, which is weird because you would think that Gary would be more mature than he's been acting because I felt a similar feeling of like, who is, is this guy a kid when he seemed to feel worse about lying to Faith's family about protecting her heart than he did about like actually breaking up with Faith. I mean, it felt weird to me because it's like, you should have known better than to say that because you knew that there were two other women that you were dating and to not recognize that and to, you know, just sort of talk out of your ass I mean, it's just, it, it's like a red flag and it felt very immature. Like he just wants to say things that people want to hear. Yeah. And okay, it's funny you bring up the word mature because we do tend to think that older people are therefore more emotionally mature than younger people. And I'm here to tell you that's not the case. I mean, <laughs> and I think we figured, okay, Gary, you know, stable, you know, was married until his wife died. Of course, he's, you know, and it was a traumatic experience, of course, he's going to have gained some emotional maturity in that whole thing. Well, maybe not. So yeah, I don't, I did not like that. In the moment, I loved you, Faith. I, I, you know, ugh. and you know what I have to say, I think at one point they flashed over to Ellen's face. <laughs> and I know I'm reading things into it, but I'm like, Ellen's going, oh, Faith. I was fooled too. He he played you the same way he played me. I mean, just, uh, I was not happy about that. So we get to the end of the episode. Next week is Fantasy Suites. I must say, I'm really over already the jokes about old people having sex. Like, yeah, they do. I also didn't appreciate all of the, well, your grandkids saw you kissing. I know you went into that first night. You had planned on not kissing very many women, if any at all. And then that plan right out the window real quick. What was it like kissing some of these women, knowing your granddaughters were going to be at home watching? So granddaughters be damned. I was having the fun time of my life. 
And when someone would lean in for a kiss and it's like they're all glamorous and glorious and it's like, yeah, I'm not going to pass that up. Like, okay. One, why are like six, seven-year-olds watching this show? That's a little odd. But two, like, I just, like, who cares? What, because they're older? Like, it's, I don't know. I thought that was really annoying. But anyway... Wait, who do, are you talking? Yeah. What, okay, so I I did like it at the beginning when the women, you know, they were saying how do how do your grandkids or how are your kids taking this experience? And I I feel like Nancy had a really good line there where she said, basically, her family always thought of her as mom, and now they think of her as a single woman. And I know I thought that was I love that, but what about Gary, who was saying Gary made an empty promise to his grandkids and like, you know, grandkids be damned. And I thought, okay, empty promise to his grandkids, women, everybody who thinks Gary's such a family man, why couldn't he have just told his grandkids, hey, yeah, no, there is kissing involved. Instead of, no, I will not be kissing more than one woman. <laughs> but when someone tells you who they are, believe it. Well, and I mean, he also said some really promising things to these women's grandkids. Yeah. You know, which did not come true and they're not going to come true for at least some of them. Like, you just, you, he's just not careful enough for this. He's not careful enough with people's emotions and their feelings. And then when he gets caught up in that, then he cries. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry to all the Gary lovers out there. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm just saying that this might not be the best avenue for him. I was going to say, I've come to the conclusion that Gary would be lucky to be with any of those women, even April who I've always thought is a little baddie. Um, not baddie, but I don't like the fact that she was talking negatively about age. We've talked about that. But I don't think, it just feels very one-sided. Instead of Gary thinking, I'd be lucky to have any of you, it's become whoever he picks is going to be lucky to have Gary. And it should be a two-way street. They should both feel lucky. I agree. I agree. So who do you think he's going to pick? You mean because I've got such a great track record? You do. <laughs> Your picker has been awesome. How about an Ellen and Faith, like alternate universe? And those it can be between Ellen and Faith. I, I do that. I choose that. No, my head says Leslie. My head also says, poor Leslie. I mean, even though, you know, The Bachelor doesn't have a good track record of couples going the distance. But I think this is just a really odd couple. Odd. Not that they're, you know, an odd pairing. I, I just, I, I can't see it. But I can't believe I'm saying this, though. I am rooting for Teresa. I think Teresa at this point is probably the right choice for Gary. Yes, she's more his peer. She wants him. Let yeah. her have him. <laughs> Let her have him. Yeah. Then, you know, Leslie can be the golden bachelorette. I don't know. But I have to say, I do, for all of the criticism and judgment... It's been a fun watch. It's been more fun than I thought it would be. However, I also would like to say, I do believe it would have been a great watch if they had incorporated some of the things I've suggested, some of the things we've talked about. You can have a more realistic portrayal of older adult dating and still have it a reality TV show and still make it fun. So that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I do think the show has not uh, recognized enough that it is 
that its contestants are an entirely different type of person than what they're used to and has not necessarily altered the show enough that it makes sense for the demographic and the people that it's working with. But we shall see how Fantasy Suites go next week. Yes. Okay, so... Oh, I'm sorry. Can I ask a question about mm-hmm. Fantasy Suites? Yes. <laughs> I'm please so do. excited. So they went to Costa Rica, which is cool because it's not that far away uh, from a travel standpoint. And the majority of the country speaks English. I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought it was an interesting <laughs> a choice. Well, they finally get to go somewhere. Yeah. And we see that uh, he's on horseback with Teresa and he's uh, climbing, rock climbing with Leslie. Um, but so do they have like, do they... Does he have like one at a time dates with each? Like he's he'll yes. spend a day with one of them, yeah, and then a day with the other one, and at yes. the end of that day, then they go into a fantasy suite. Yes. So essentially, how it works is they have like one on one date, like a full day one on one date, and then they have usually like some sort of like nighttime dinner or activity, and then there's like an envelope that says, "Here's the key to the fantasy suite. Should you want to continue your date till the next morning?" and then. They get to decide, yes, we want to go into the fantasy suite or no. I think usually it's yes. There's may have been one or two times where they've said no. Um, so then they go in and the and the whole part of it is that there's no cameras in the fantasy suite. You see them maybe like going in and just like chatting for like a second and then they close the door and then it's cut off until the next morning. Which in the past, there have been a lot of uh, like giggly faces and uh, people in bathrobes the next morning. So, yeah. So how much time between... <laughs> I'm trying to be so technical here. How much time between Fantasy Suite outings and who gets to go first? No idea how any of that is chosen. I have no clue how they choose who goes first, if it's even in the order that it's aired. And it is also unclear like how much time is in between Fantasy Suite dates. So, mm. yeah. Would you want to know? I would not want to be second. Or third, I'd have to be first. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, I'm not going to go. You know, and actually, I would like to think that if I were ever on a show like this and The Golden Bachelor chose me at the end of the night that key came, I would say, wait a minute, am I the first one? Because if I'm not the first one, I'm not going in the fantasy suite. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing about the fantasy suite is like the pretense is sex, but it doesn't have to be. I don't care. You know, it can just be a night of chatting and talking and hanging out. Without cameras and getting to know each other without cameras around. Okay, but. then he can come back to my room and we there can talk go. and then he can go into the fantasy suite. Good night. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for us this week. The Waves is produced by myself, Shayna Roth, and Vic Whitley-Berry. Daisy Rosario is senior supervising producer of Podcasts at Slate. And Alicia Montgomery is vice president of audio at Slate. Make sure to check out our regular episodes of The Waves every Thursday, as well as Laura's podcast, Dating While Gray, also every Thursday as well. It's an excellent double feature, maybe when you're running errands or on your walk or whatever it is you're doing. We will be back next week for another discussion of Gary's quest for love. Until then, get your fantasy suite ready. I'm Laura Stasi, and when your love partner is also your work partner, it might get messy. My staff would look at me, my eyes would be swollen, and everyone would say, are you okay? Are you sick? And oh, 
let's add some more to the fire here. This is a family business. My daughter, his sons, my brothers, they all work there. Love business. This week on Dating While Gray, the grown-up's guide to love, sex, and relationships. Find us and follow wherever you get podcasts.